We're talking about the importance of your confession, the importance of your words. And guys, we talk about this from time to time. It's been probably, now I talk about it probably in every series we do, but we haven't done a series for a little while on this. And, and it is so important. Your, your tongue is your steering wheel. Your tongue hands you things, right? The enemy's tongue tries to hand you things. You know, when he throws thoughts and, and the world system, he'll use the world system to try to hand you things, but nobody hands you things except you. Your tongue hands you things, okay? So we're going to talk about this tonight. Um, you know, we pretty much have a blank check with God. He basically tells us, whatever you say in my ears, that's what I'm going to allow in your life. If you speak my words, God says, I will watch over them and perform them in your life. It actually says, God actually says to you, you will have whatsoever you say if you don't doubt in your heart. So we're going to kind of, we're going to really get into that tonight. Again, Hebrews 10 verse 23 is a big scripture. It says, let us, notice it doesn't say let me, right? This is something, if you want to speak right, you're going to have to be around other believers. It's all about let us, let, let us. You get around other believers. You have friends that speak the word of God, and you, it'll help you speak the word of God. And as you're speaking the word of God, it will help them. So let us, really, I would circle that, highlight it in your Bible, have an arrow pointing. It's very important that you surround your, yourself with people that are going in the same direction as you. Very, very, very important. Because we're going to talk about it's, it, what you say ultimately is going to be a result of what you choose to hear. So let us hold fast. Let us, that, that Greek phrase, hold fast, literally means let us seize hold of something. The profession of our faith. We are to seize hold of the profession of our faith. The word profession, again, sometimes it's translated confession, right? But it's the Greek word homo logeo. It means to say the same thing. God is telling you and I to seize hold of saying the same thing that he says. His words are life. If they're not his words, guess what? They are not life. And if they're not life, guess what they are? See, there's, it doesn't talk in the Bible about, okay, God's words are full of life. And then there's a bunch of these other words that just are kind of middle ground. They're not going to hurt you. They're not going to help you. And then there's this other category, full of death. No, if you're not speaking life, guess what you are speaking? Death, right? Even these idle words the Bible talks about, the Bible says you're going to give a reason for those in the day that you face a crisis, right? So let's keep going. 
Let us hold fast of the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? The whole basis is because God is faithful who promised. If he promised you something, that's it. It's yours. If he says, I will meet your needs according to my riches and glory, and it will come to you through my son Jesus or through the word of God, we just said the same thing, then that means that all of your needs should be met on a God level. So I'm telling you, that's not just having enough money to pay your bills. That's enough money to pay your bills and to meet some needs of those around you as God leads you, right? This is very important that you see this. His words are true. He is faithful. In your life, the God of heaven, the creator of all things, he is the apostle and he is the high priest of your profession. He watches over his words to perform them in your life. But if he does not see them coming out of your heart through the vehicle of your mouth, he has nothing to perform right? And his words, they are beyond natural. With him, his words make all things possible. Everything is possible with him, right? So this is why the world system, it's trying to get us to speak and react based on what we see or perceive with our senses, especially feeling. Man, So many believers are led by their feelings. And feelings will lead you off a cliff, right? We are to be led by the Holy Spirit. So important. So now, there's a foundation of this. Why, Why would I speak God's word only? I won't do it unless I trust him, right? I must trust him. What does it mean to trust him? We talked a little bit about it last week. It means to depend on him and him alone. All of I'm dependent upon my God and I'm not dependent on anyone else or anything else. I'm completely dependent upon him. I can't do that. I I can't speak his word and believe it's going to come to pass unless I completely am dependent upon him. Right? He, he is my plan A, and he is my plan B. In other words, I don't have two plans. He is my plan. Right? I told the Lord one time, I said, okay, that's it. I'm tired of messing with all this. Sink or swim, live or die, I'm going to believe your word. Well, I had to grow a little up, a little in the area of trusting him, you know, because with him, you don't sink. With him, you don't die, right? But because we live in the world, you can be not sinking and feel like you're sinking. You can be living, but feel like you're dying, right? That's why we're not led by feelings. We're led by the spirit of God who only testifies of the word of God. So this is a huge thing. Don't let the world system program you into speaking like they speak, right? 
Some pastors are afraid to say things because they've got to be politically correct. No, I want to be biblically correct. So as a believer, I do what? I speak the word of God in the love of God. So you're not going to hear me from a pulpit bashing this group or that group or this thing or that thing. Uh, that, why would I do that? I can't speak the word of God in the love of God and do that. It would produce nothing. So to be totally dependent on God and no one and nothing else. Now, remember this. God doesn't expect you to just blindly trust him. He, everything he has in the word of God, everything he will do in your life, everything you'll face, if you will face it with him, he will teach you every day of your life that you can trust him. I mean, that, it, it's amazing. So we need to start that process. So let's go to 1 John chapter 2 real quick. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Now we're talking about how to speak right. How to, in the, every situation, in every circumstance, when you get pressed, you speak the word. Because the word of God, it says it's life to those that find it. Right? So no matter where you are right now, what if you just started handing yourself life only from this time forward? That your words only were what God said, how fast would that turn every area of your life around? Right? Because we've got to get out of this need consciousness, this desire consciousness, I just want to do this and I want to do that. And uh, we got to get out of all that and we have to remain in a righteousness consciousness. That because I've been made the righteousness of Almighty God, because I've been given the very faith of God, because the mighty Holy Spirit of God dwells in me, and I've been given his word, I am to walk on the earth like he walked. Right? Overcoming all the time. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 Look at this, it says this. Now again, this again is a foundation of speaking right. If you want to speak the word of God in season, out of season, and see the results in your life, get ready. This is a really big thing in our, in our society. So many people have so many blind spots. They are living like this and they don't even know it. Right? It says, love not the world. It says, neither love the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, that'll rock you to the core, right? It, it, it's like, okay, Gosh, this scripture really rocks my world. Because the God of heaven just told me that I either am loving him or I'm loving the world. Again, no middle ground. Wow. Now this is what I found. When you love him, you can enjoy things in the world. But they never, ever, ever have you. Yeah. 
But everything in the world is designed to grab hold of you and move you a different way. Even though they may seem really nice, right? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. So now he's going to explain what is in the world. Look at this. The lust, or that word lust means the desires of the flesh. And the lust or the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. God doesn't want you connecting to things that are passing away. Does that make sense? I mean, it's, do you realize that it says all that's in the world? That's a powerful statement, right? Now, the Bible says he's given us freely all things to enjoy. So this is what you've got to see. To put all of your trust in him, to hold fast, to say what he says, you got to let go and say, the lust of my flesh, the lust of my eyes... And the pride of life, the pride of life will eat your lunch. I just don't want to do that. I want to do this. And pastor, don't you tell me that or I'll go to another church. Right? And, 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 and friends, have you ever had friends? Hey, don't talk to the hand. Don't tell me about that stuff. I don't want you to tell me about that area of my life. They get real mad. You know the matter a person gets if you ever talk about that area? You just found that area. What area? The area that God's dealing with them on right? Your flesh can't stand it when you read something in the word of God or when you sit in these chairs and you hear something and the spirit of God starts dealing with you, you your flesh hates it. Even with God, don't tell me, right? But here's the thing. If you make a decision that God is so good that only he can satisfy. I could tell you I've been walking with him for a little while. And it's so true. Because he is the source of my satisfaction, everything else in my life works. But, it, but he is my everything. God doesn't want you to hang on to anything that's passing away. And the world passes away in the lust thereof. But look at this. But he that doeth, doeth the will of God abides forever. Again, you must be a doer of the word. It's all about that. I was talking to the men about that this Tuesday. You know, there's so many, so many people, man. We listen to teaching after teaching after teaching after teaching after teaching. And, and, and we're a mess still. Why? Because we don't do anything. It's, it's the doer that's blessed. So if you've been just, man, I've been reading my Bible... I've been doing, and, and my life is still a mess, and it's been a mess for 400 years. Just start doing some of it, right? So let's go. Let's look at another piece of this that says basically the same thing. Let's go to the Old Testament example, Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 5 through verse 8. 
Jeremiah 17.5 says this, Thus saith the Lord. And then he does, says this, Cursed is the man. Wow. Cursed is or be the man that trusts in man. This, this phrase, trust in man, it means you're trusting in people. It says you're cursed. This, this word cursed means when you trust in man, you're inflicted with a curse. Okay? It literally means you're bound with a spell. You're hemmed in with obstacles. When you trust in man, you're hemmed in with obstacles. What does that mean? Your life is now being limited. And you're to live an unlimited life. It's hemming you in with obstacles. And here's the foundation of this word. It renders you powerless to resist. When you trust in man, you just limited yourself. And all of a sudden, you're bound like with a spell. All of a sudden, you're not thinking right. And you're, you're, you're limited. You're hemmed in with obstacles. And it makes it to where you can't resist What does the Bible tell us? Who does he tell us to resist? The devil. But it says in order to do that, you got to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, resist the devil, and then he flees. But if you're trusting in people, wow. It says, and cursed is the man that makes flesh his arm. This is a picture of somebody who's trusting in themselves. When you trust in yourself or when your trust is in other people, it is literally binding you with a spell. It's making it so that you're not seeing things right. You're not thinking right anymore. You're being hemmed in with obstacles and you cannot resist the enemy. You can't resist him, right? It says here, and whose heart departs from the Lord. This is where so many of our brothers and sisters are right here. Because if you're trusting in yourself and you're trusting in other people, you're not thinking right, you're being limited, you're not able to resist anything, and here is the really bad part, your heart, if if God is here, your heart is departing from him. You're in a position where you're departing from him and you're going to continue to look for other avenues, right? For some people, they sit here and go, you know, I just got to, I got to move geographically to another area and have a new start, or I've got to, you know, go to another church, or I, maybe I should go to another school, or maybe get another job, maybe it'll just be better. Listen, if you're trusting in yourself, or if you're trusting in people, if all of your trust is not in him I would say lock yourself in and stay right where you are and get this right before you start making any other moves, right? I mean, I've talked to people, oh man, yeah, I've went to this church and I went to that church and I went to this church. This church is a mess. This pastor's a mess. This one's a mess. And you know, every church is a mess and you're sitting here going, I wonder if this person is even considering the thought What's the common denominator? It's, it's you. 
Right, the Lord told me that. He said, Tony, why are you always thinking about where else you can go? Because wherever you go, that's where you'll be. In other words, Tony, you're the mess. So do something about it, right? How can you fix your life? By changing what you say. But see, in order to do that, you got to trust. Not yourself, right? You know, I don't, I, I'm not trusting myself to keep me. He keeps me, right? I just stay submitted to him. If I ever step out of that at all, it's like a fish out of water. I start flopping. What do I do? I flop back in. Boom. Okay. Right? Why? Because that's, that's what God wants. He, wants. he wants to help you. Remember, spiritual maturity, the word perfect in the Bible, when it talks about spiritual maturity, it's the Greek word that means adjust and repair. We, listen, we have flesh. One thought you take wrong or you get a little bit busy, you get your eyes off Jesus, you start sinking and you don't even know it right away. But man, when you're full of the word, you won't sink very long. I mean, we're talking like seconds, minutes, and you'll be like, whoa, wait a minute, wait, I, I don't believe that. And you just jump right back in. It says this man, verse 6, this man that trusts in himself and trusts in, in other people whose heart is departing, right? What's an example of trusting in other people? It could be trusting maybe in your education. I mean, don't limit it to just a, a human being, right? This is talking about that, but I could show you scriptures. Don't put your trust in anything else except him, right? This is so very important. This person will be like, a, uh, will be like the heath in the desert, this is a simile. The word of God has given us a simile. A heath is a desert bush. It's a juniper bush, right? This bush grows in an isolated and desolate area. You're going to be... See, when you trust in people or when you trust in yourself, you're departing from the Lord, you get... You're, you're like this bush that's desolate, Right? It, it, look at what it says here. And shall not see when good comes. That means your mouth will always, I mean, if you've got three good tires and one, one bald tire, all you talk about is the bald tire. All you talk about is the negative stuff in your life. You don't even see the 500 positive things you have in your life. You don't even see them. That's what this person is like. And this person shall inhabit, it doesn't say they might, it says they shall inhabit the parched places. It's a place, this is giving us a picture, a parched place is a place where no water gets to you, so it's impossible for you to grow in this, in this place. That's how come you're seeing this. I mean, you see Christians that are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not, I'm not a viable part of my church. I don't even go to church, but yet, man, I'm just, you know, praise God. I'm just believing God for the blessing of God. Guess what? Great. The blessing of Abraham is all over you, and you can't lay hold of any of it. Right? You walk in unforgiveness. I will not forgive this person. Great. 
but you but think you're going to get walk in the blessing and receive things and nope you're going to live in a parched place and i could go over and over with examples but every example the reason why a person refuses to do something is they really don't they're not seeing things right they're being hemmed in by obstacles well you don't understand i need to do this and i'm too busy for that and i got to do this right i'm hemmed in with obstacles i can't resist anything which means i'm completely spiritually weak and now my heart's departing from the lord right so now i'm like this desert bush that lives in a place that gets no water so growth is impossible do you see how satan does that to the believer he tries to get him lit or her little by little over in a place where they can't walk out god's plan for their life it says here they shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit parched places in the wilderness notice not in the promised land in the wilderness in a salt land so now you're over here you're in financial trouble and you go from job to job you make a little money but then something happens you're living in a salt land a land that cannot produce for you why only because you're trusting in yourself and in people instead of god that is the that is see we deal with symptoms forget all the symptoms we're talking about the root tonight and and i hope this makes you really happy because your problem is not a lack of money it is not your health it is not your work or, or anything else your frustrations it's your mouth that's it and you could fix it you i mean you could literally go okay i'm done i'm not doing that anymore is it that easy absolutely and what do you do well i want i want to say the same thing that god says okay so you get you make friends with two or three people right so if you want to change you're going to have to look at your friends first of all well that's hard pastor well i i mean a little leaven will leaven the whole loaf remember that so there's things we can do but it says here let's okay enough of that praise god I, we came out here in the weather say something nice good okay yes so blessed this word in verse 7 means empowered to prosper is the man that trusts in the lord do you realize when you trust god god empowers you to prosper there's an empowerment that happens when you trust him and whose hope the lord is in other words i trust him and all my hope of my future is in him I'm not looking to anybody else or anything else. Right? Nobody's going to say he made Tony rich. No, no, God's going to make me rich. I'm not looking to any he is my source of supply. Now he might open up other income streams. What income streams? I have no idea. For me, I'm sitting here going, you know, I I don't have time to get another two, three other jobs and I don't, you know, so these income streams are going to have to be something where there's finances coming in, but it's not taking work, right? How's he going to do it? I don't know. That's his deal, but all my trust is in him. 
that I will always, Jeanette and I will always have a full and overflowing supply in our life. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He shall be, not might be, shall be like a tree planted by waters. That sounds a lot like Psalm 1-3. He'll be planted by waters. God will plant you where all of your provision is coming from the inside. Do you know when you trust God, do you know right when you start trusting him, he plants you by waters. So immediately now, all of your, all of, all of your needs are met internally, not externally. He'll plant you right by waters. Man, I am planted. There's the Atlantic Ocean, there's the Pacific Ocean, and then there's the Word of God Ocean. And I am planted by this, and all of my, everything comes from here. His word produces everything in my life. If I have something in my life his word hasn't produced, I don't want it. Right? He shall be like a tree planted by waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. In other words, I am never moved by any external circumstance in my life. I'm not moved by it. Right? But her leaf shall be green. In other words, every arena of my life is fresh. God's saying everything will be fresh in your life. Your leaf will be green. And you shall not be careful in the year of drought. In other words, how I act and how I walk is never determined by the outside. My giving's never determined by the outside. My, my being uh, a, a person who loves and who gives and who forgives, that's never changed by an outside circumstance. Doesn't matter what anybody does to me, I walk in love. Does that make sense? Doesn't matter what, any, what the economy does. Right? Now, I think we should use authority and believe God for gas not to be $20, $20 a gallon. But... If it ever gets that way, guess who will never have to worry about gas, right? There you go. Angela won't, Sam won't, right? Edwin, I, I know Torian won't. Yeah, Paul, we got a bunch of people. No, why? Because we're planted by the waters because all of our trust is in him. It could get a little overwhelming when interest rates are going like this and a recession and inflation and people are like, okay, I'm okay, but what happens when all of a sudden the money you have coming in is not enough? See, here's the thing. you got to get to this point where all your trust is in him because then you're not looking to that. And your position now, you're empowered by God to prosper. Guys, we're an end-time church. We're a final days, last days, however you want to say that. End of days is the proper term. Church. What that means is we are probably going to prosper financially greater than all the generations of the church combined, but it might look different. It might not just come from your job. To be honest with you, probably won't, right? Let me go on here. It says here, he shall not see when heat comes, 
but her leaf shall be green, shall not be careful in the year of drought. And look at this. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Wow, so now I'm seeing that whether or not I yield fruit in my life is completely dependent upon trusting him. So I can't talk a lot about speaking properly until we get the trust thing right. See, every time you're trusting in the natural world system, you are positioning yourself to fail. You might not fail right away. You might even prosper for a while, right? You might even prosper 10, 20 years, but just hide and watch. In the middle of maybe increasing in one area, there's some other important areas that are going to be all messed up, and that could change. Trusting in the arm of the flesh or trusting in yourself it will breed something called bitterness. If you stay to where all your trust is not in the Lord, there will be a frustration and inner turmoil. It'll breed bitterness. You'll start actually thinking God is doing these things to you. Right? If you want to know what that really looks like in full grown, just find an atheist who's, who's absolutely totally irate at a God that they don't believe exists. What is that? Bitterness. To do what he has called you to do, you're going to have to put all your trust in him. That's step number one. See, to choose to trust God, you must have a foundation to trust him on. God is looking in everything you face. He's looking and looking to God, or I'm sorry, looking to God in everything you face. It'll build confidence in him and it will prepare you for the next storm that you will face. So right now you have to start looking to him in everything that you face. Everybody sitting here tonight, you're facing something. Maybe multiple things. But this is the key. You got to get laser focused and go I'm going to look to him. When you look to him in everything, it'll build confidence in you and it will prepare you for that next battle. Because this is, the, this is what your life is to look like. You go from probably battle to battle to battle to battle. Well, then I, I'm out. I'm not doing this God thing. Oh, no, no, no. Trust You're, you're still going to go battle to battle to battle. You're on the earth. But this is what it is for a Christian. From glory to glory to glory, to glory, to victory, right? That's, that's for us. He always causes us to triumph. This is why in Proverbs, you guys know this scripture. I love this scripture. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean, don't rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, Right? Look to him in everything, and then he is able to direct your paths. I love that. See, in all your ways, consider him, and he shall direct your path. In all your ways, acknowledge the, the, the Hebrew word literally means consider him. See, considering him is considering the word. You have something going on in your body? 
Consider the word. You want to know your answer? Consider the word. You got something going on in your finances, in your marriage, with your parenting, with your kids, or all the above? Consider the word. If God said it, it's true. So important. So now let's look at this. Jesus in Mark chapter 11, in verse 22, he's asked about this tree that he cursed the day earlier. Man, that tree you cursed is dried up from the root. And then now he, he responds and answers his disciples and he says, listen guys, have faith in God. And now he's going to talk about the operation of faith. And he says in verse 23 that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Does the Bible say that? Wow. He will have whatever he says, as long as you're not doubting in your heart. In other words, we see from verse 23 here, there is a connection between what you say and what you have. You'll never get away from that. In other words, you are never going to rise above your confession. Right? When I've dealt with people in Alcoholics Anonymous, when I've dealt with students that had trouble with alcohol, you know, I, I know what alcoholism is. I lived in that with my dad. You know, my stepdad, I've lived in that with all of his brothers. I buried most of them, you know, because of that. But in, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, they will stand up and say, I am an alcoholic. And, and the premise of this is, you know, that you, you come a long way when you actually realize you have a problem. So I see the natural end of that. But when you put that in line with the word, right? The word says in order to be free, you got to stand up and say, I am not, nor ever will I be an alcoholic. Right? I've told people, man, I had a couple guys in, in my college and career group, I'm thinking of really one, and I would tell them, I'm like, listen, you just start saying, I am free from alcohol. Alcohol does not bind me. I said, listen, his name was John. I said, listen, when you're taking a drink, Father, I thank you and I declare alcohol does not have any power over me. I mean, I would find him in bars, drunk out of his mind, going, yeah, alcohol has no power on me. That's his road out. If he could ever believe that in his heart, and he gets some scripture there, man, we could get him free. But if we walk around talking about how bound I am, and I just, I can never break this. Guess what? You're handing yourself that. I can't do this. I can never, I, I really want, I want to, I want to do something. I want to be able to take care of my family. I just want to, I want to be successful and all this stuff, but I just, I never can amount, everything always comes against me. This never works. I just can't. You're handing yourself that stuff. We got to get away from that. We have to revalue our words. Okay? The word of God is what gives value to your words. 
if you want to revalue your words, you have to realize that it's only the word of God that will give value to your words. So what do I mean by that? Putting God's word in your heart will cause you to value the words that you speak. Now you got to hear me because this is not about us leaving and going, okay, I'm going to talk better. Guess who you're trusting in right there? Yourself. And as soon as you mess up, Satan will be right there. You dirty dog. Liar. You'll never get free. Right? But what do you do? No, you make a decision tonight that I'm going to start putting this in my heart and it will automatically cause me to revalue my words. How does, what does that look like? I'm meditating. I mean, get one or two scriptures. Start meditating on them. Start just saying them over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, when you start speaking some of this junk, you'll instantly go, whoa, wait a minute. Is that the Holy Spirit stopping you? No, that's your spirit. And he will start helping you revalue your words. How are you going to speak right? Getting the word in your heart. Putting in first place. That's what's gonna, that was worth coming tonight. In other words, what am I saying? You're going to start, look at this as a, as a divine tape measure. You are going to measure every word you speak based on this. Nothing ever works for me. Well, how does that fit with that? He always causes you to triumph. I just, I just can't do this. You measure it. Let's measure that with this. I can do all things through Christ. Do you see that? That's how this works. We must sift our speech through God's word that has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. In other words, guys, here's the deal. It's not, it's not you that's going to straighten out your speech. It's the word. Put all the pressure on the word. Say, I'm going to put the word first in my life. I am going to keep speaking the word and speaking the word and speaking the word. I'm going to put all, it'll cause you to trust him. I don't know how any of this works. You know, people could look at you and listen, if your life is a mess, this is what happens when you try to change some of these things. Everybody that you know will start coming out of the woodwork to tell you how big of a mess you are. But the reality, yeah, but the reality of it is you're not a mess. Oh, there's a mess in your life, and you might have even created it, but guess what? You're God's child. You've been made the righteousness of Almighty God. That mess is no longer yours to fix. Right? Yeah, but you don't understand. I got, I got bills stacked up this high. Yeah, do like Jesse Duplantis does. Grab them and go, God, you've got mail. Father, Dad, that's what he wants you to do. And then be willing to do whatever he tells you to do. He might have you go get a second job for a little season. And you'll be like, okay, I'm going to be all obedient. And then you'll get that first check, and he'll say, okay, sew it all. And he'll be like, whoa, whoa. 
man, I was stocking shelves at Walmart or Hy-Vee all night long, and I was hoping I would be able to do, and you're telling me to sow it? Yeah, God's trying to help you. He's trying to show you the way out, right? See, realize this about God. He surrenders and he submits himself to everything he speaks. He surrenders and he submits himself, himself to the authority of his word. So now here is the balance. You could have whatever you say, right? As long as you say what he says. This is the balance. So go to John 15, verse 7. This is where so much of the world that kind of comes against what we teach, they sit there and say, oh yeah, that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it group. They think they could just command God to do whatever they want. And we don't, that's not what the Bible says. It says I could call for, I could require from him, I could make a demand from him for what he said he's already given me. It has to be according to his will. And, and this is the scripture, John 15, 7. If, notice this is totally up to you and I, if you abide, this is the Greek word meno, right? Not minnow, meno. It, it literally means to settle down and remain. It means to stay, and here's the big part, and to continue in. If you settle down, remain, and continue in what? Me. And my words abide, or and my words settle down, remain and continue in you you will ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you isn't that good news so you make a decision i am going to settle down and remain and continue in him what that means is i'm going to live my life with with christ as the center do you know that's how every one of us started our walk with the lord it's impossible to start it any other way. If, if you, if you want to be born again, you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Do you know part of that belief means that he is who he said he is? You have to believe, wait, he is God. And his father rose him from the dead. And now, because I believe that he is God and I am not... I'm confessing with my mouth, Jesus, you are Lord of all, and you're my Lord. What, that, what does that mean? You're my Lord. You're my center. You say, do this? Yes, sir. Right? If you, if you, if you come to God because you just feel, you feel all this woo-woo-woo stuff, and, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll pray that prayer, but you don't really believe it in your heart, you might as well be saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Because to believe in God means you believe so strongly you will act. Right? Now, does that mean you'll never mess up? Oh, no. I am living proof. You have never seen somebody more saved than me. 
I am complete. Right now, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I am his child. I am born again. Have I done stupid things as a Christian? Yes. Did I have to? No. Was it because the devil was so big and bad? No. It was because I stopped speaking his word. I, I chose to trust in myself. I chose to believe what I felt about myself instead of what he said about, right? It all gets back to all that. Who cares? But man, when you make a decision to get born again and you say, Lord, I give you my life. My life is yours. Thank God, I'm so, you know, I don't want to live without you. Well, here's the thing. This is what you have to live. That's how come a lot of people get saved, but they are never put in an environment to come to the knowledge of the truth. So they just become flesh-ruled, and they don't know what's going on. And they're not, they look just like the world, but they're born again. But if we can get them to settle down and remain in Christ, in other words, get him back in the center of your life, and then let his words be the center of your life, all of a sudden now, your will is his will. And whatever you ask, what does that word ask mean? Call for, require, and make a demand for. It doesn't mean, Father, will you please give me this? You can't ask God that way because he's already given you everything. This is not a matter, we're talking about how to receive what he's already given you. That's why it says, listen, if you speak to that mountain, and you tell it, you, you get out of my life, you be removed and cast into the sea, right? If you don't doubt in your heart, well, how are you not going to doubt in your heart? Because you have two to three scriptures that tell you that it's God's will for that mountain not to be there, right? If somebody comes up and says, hey, will you please pray for me? Sure, I absolutely will. What are we believing God for? And, and what scriptures are we standing on? Because, man, if, 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 if somebody asks me to pray for them, I've got to get two to three scriptures. Usually when they ask me, I already know them. So I'm ready. I, I believe it's true. But do they know them? Well, you know, I don't know. I just, I think. No, forget think. You've got to know. Right? But, but see, when you have a mountain... Why is, why is Mark eleven twenty three 23 there? It is to deal with the obstacles that come in your life. Have you ever had an obstacle that felt like a mountain? What is a mountain? That's something that in the natural, there's no way you could remove it, right? It's too big. How do I deal with those situations where it seems like there's no way out, there's no way through? This is, this is what Mark eleven twenty three 23 is talking about. Where it says God will make a way where there is no way, guess what? You have to have a part in that. He's got to get you believing that so that he can actually do it. So you, you are walking through life and this major thing comes up in your life and all of a sudden your job tells you, man, you will never own a house. 
you will never get ahead. The kids are getting older. They're getting more expensive. And, you're, and you know, all your expenses are climbing a lot faster than what your income is. Or, or this sickness and disease that's attacking my body is progressing. And, and they're saying there's, these medicines no longer work. And what am I going to do? Right? Whatever it is, you're going to minister to people. The boundaries of their life are like this. And then you, you lead them to Christ, but then you've got to start teaching them how to come to the knowledge of the truth so that these boundaries can move. So you get two or three scriptures that promise you that it's God's will that that, that mountain be out of your way. And then when you speak to it, you won't doubt in your heart. But you'll believe, because you'll be saying, in the name of Jesus, it is written, now mountain move. See, if you're just going mountain move, guess what? Nothing's happening. But if you're like, it is written, mountain move, you will have confidence. You will not doubt in your heart what you're saying, and that thing has to move. So this is a big part. Man, guys, I'm on page four. Of 14. Yikes. But this, so this night, all that God had me put together was for this. You have got to learn how to hear. Faith comes by hearing, but how does hearing come? By the word of God. If you're not hearing, if you're developing yourself in hearing what's going on out here and all over here, if that's how you're developing yourself, you're not hearing. You're hearing wrong, which according to Romans 10, you're going to believe wrong, which means you're going to act and call and speak wrong, and you're going to get a wrong, wrong result. God wants you to be a world changer and a world overcomer. You could look at what you think and you define yourself as success being, and I'll guarantee you, the success that he wants to make you, you haven't even hit the, you haven't even hit the floor of that thing yet. Because you can't see it. It has to be revealed to you by, your, by, your, uh, by the mighty Holy Spirit. So does this help you a little bit? Man, we're going to go deeper into this. You know, we've got one whole Wednesday, so we might have to just take this over into 2023. I can't tell you, as your pastor... It is burning in my heart. 2023 is to be a year that we learn. I mean, the Lord spoke to me. He said, 2023, you must walk in me so that you can be free. I, I, that just keeps going over and over and over in me. And John 15, 7, we've got to abide in him so that his words abide in us so that now we're hearing right. We'll start believing right. We'll start speaking right. And we'll get the results. God not only desires for you to live days of heaven on earth. Guys, we need to. We need to live days of heaven on earth. So that our brothers and sisters who are out there struggling will see our life. And we can go, listen, I'll help you. Because this is for you. This is not just 
None of this is because of me. It's all because of him. And I could, I could help you with that. And also for all the people that don't know Christ, think of what it would be like to be in this world today without Christ. Yikes. Right? Because I'm telling you, all hell is breaking loose. And the world is freaking out. And for us as Christians, you know what? You know what that looks like in my life and in your life? God told us we're going to the other side and the storm, the water's filling the boat and we're in the back of the boat asleep. We're at rest, right? And those around us wake us up and they get all freaked out and we're like, you go over to the storm and you're like, shh. And it just, and they're like, whoa, how did you do that? I didn't. He did. That's how we're to live, guys. So get ready. I mean, I know you guys are so easy to preach to. The, the love that you all have for the Lord, it blesses me beyond measure. Listen, you're already 99.9% of the way there. Actually, you're really there. It's just a matter of walking this stuff out. Lord, help me. Help me to revalue my words. I'm going to put your word first place in my life. I'm going to meditate in your word. And so that, so that now you'll start to revalue my words to me so that I start believing what I'm saying, that I start speaking the word of God. And it'll change your life forever. Amen?